Thank you so much to our new Patreon subscribers. Leah C., you are the devil to our food cake. Everyone, the Patreon helps keep the podcast alive and allows you access to exclusive full-length episodes, deleted scenes, videos, monthly giveaways, an exclusive book club, written reviews, and your very own Discord channel and role. Please click on the link in the description for this episode to show your support. Please, please, please. We would love you forever. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, James S.A. Corey, the joint authors behind the Expanse series, have announced a new sci-fi trilogy, The Captive's War, whose first volume, The Mercy of Gods, will release on August 6, 2024. The nine-book Expanse series ended in 2021 with Leviathan Falls, and the TV series adaptation wrapped up after six seasons in 2022. The new space opera trilogy from authors Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank, quote, sees humanity fighting for its survival in a war as old as the universe itself, according to a press release from publisher Orbit. Uh, okay, so I have another little quote to read after this, but I want to just hear your thoughts really quick. What do you think about that, Chad? I think that's super awesome. I mean, The yeah. Expanse was hands down like the best. I mean, not that I've read like a ton of space operas or anything, but I've read quite a few sci-fis and it's, if not my favorite, because I hate to say favorite, it's definitely in my top three list of yeah, like very, space very journey adventures of all time. Like it's so good. And I will, I will absolutely be rereading The Expanse within the next like 10, yes. 10 years, probably. It's, a, that's on, it's on the reread list. You know, it's funny because... What do you think about the, this? Oh, I'm stoked. I'm really, I'll buy it the day it comes out. Like the, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to sure. read okay, it like cool. immediately. <laughs> yeah, I have no, I have no doubt in my mind at all that James S.A. Corey, Daniel Abraham, Ty Frank, they're going to crush it. But it's interesting here because, so if it wasn't for this next couple of quotes here, I would have thought it was funny because like we've got this little description here that says sees humanity fighting for its survival in a war as old as the universe itself and it's just like that's kind of what the that's, expanse is about literally like, the exact same summary that you could have said <laughs> the expanse but, but I, <laughs> there was an entire uh, plot summary i'm sure it'd be really easy for our listeners to find plot summary for this new book but uh just bear with me here there's a quote here from ty frank and then uh, after there's a quote from daniel abraham so it says quote I pitched Daniel an idea a couple of years ago, Frank said. It might have been like 10 years ago, but I pitched him this idea of the book of Daniel from the Old Testament, but as a science fiction story. That's ultimately what it is. At some point when I was pitching him the idea, he pointed out that there was a little touch of Ursula Le Guin in it, a little touch of Frank Herbert in it. So we started describing it as the disappointing love child of Frank Herbert and Ursula Le Guin as a retelling of a, of a biblical myth. And then da Daniel Abraham says, it was a really interesting place to go after The Expanse. The Expanse had so much in a particular slice of space opera that was sort of between late Apollo 13 and kind of early Buck Rogers that we spent a lot of time there. This is still space opera, but it's such a very different place, a very different part of the genre. There's some things we get to do and play with we couldn't have done anyplace else. So it sounds like Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham were very aware of the kind of space opera that they had written with the Expanse, and they're going for something completely different here. Which I'm, it's, it just makes me so much more excited to check it out. It sounds like it's, for lack of a better word, it sounds like it's aliens, like yeah. real aliens, you know? Right, like not like the weird pseudo kind of aliens that was in the Expanse, <laughs> like aliens you would never expect. Yeah, uh, we're not yeah, trying to spoil yeah. the Expanse or anything. 
I, I think is is really cool that because I think that there was some somebody had asked them at like a con. I can't remember exactly what the circumstance was, but they had kind of said we're not doing any more expanse stuff. And then that was all I had kind of read into it. And I was like, oh, well, I guess. And, and and Daniel Abraham had kept putting his fantasy stuff out. And I was like, oh, so I guess that's just done. And then I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised to see they're doing more things together. So, so cool. I think they're so, you know, probably hyper wonderfully nerdy that they were like, by saying we're not doing any more of the expanse stuff, they were like, well, we're not going to do like that same feel of story. They're talking about like the the culture of the story, you know, like the ideas behind it. Whereas this is going to be a totally different idea, but the same setting and maybe even some of the same like plot points, but with a different focus that has different stories to tell and lessons to teach and stuff because they're a little heady with their books, obviously, because, man, I love that two writers can come together and make something some something so cohesive by kind of combining the two of them, you know, and that's a real a rare thing i think it would be really easy to do that wrong oh absolutely and it's not very far away i mean like it sounds like a long time august 2024 but i don't know it'll go by quick it will go by quick did you see the cover it looks like exactly like the covers of the expanse books yeah uh you know like same font we... <laughs> i i wonder about that sometimes oh, it's not quite the same font. no 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 man it looks exactly the same yeah i mean it's, it's, it's the james essay Corey. looks exactly the same yeah but it looks it looks a little like darker you know what i mean like it just looks a little bit i mean there's a like a more... there's like a whole city being destroyed on the front so. yeah so, <laughs> and in the, the i'd say dark is covers, right yes the expanse covers the it's more like ships being yeah so exactly but yeah uh, that's that's exciting i think that's cool there's that so many exciting. cool things coming out i love the expanse so much go books go stories go books go, go stories. storytellers what have you been up to this week I had a really good reading week. I did. I did a lot of reading. I went on some good runs. I drank a lot of water. Um, oh, breathed, nice. breathed lots of fresh air. Yeah. So uh, I also got a pretty cool email that I can't really disclose the specifics of right now. What a tease you are. Yeah. It really made my entire week. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to share some sort of news with everybody here in the next few weeks. Fulfill his dream of getting something. on Jeopardy. Getting something. Yes, it was a, it was a Jeopardy related email. <laughs> Dude, how cool would it be to go on Jeopardy? Man, you think I you'd would, do good? No, no, no. <laughs> but it's funny because every yeah. time I'm watching Jeopardy, I'm like, I would crush at this. Oh, really? I'm fully aware that I would be terrible. I, I can time. I can solve a lot of. I mean, it depends on the categories and stuff, but I can solve a lot of like the 200 to 400 ones. I bet you could, dude. You and your brothers brains dude i bet you the way they work no, you could would, like remember that stuff you could probably be really good at jeopardy no, if you tried. i doubt it i doubt it i, don't, I, don't know, I did have a, a markedly better week than last week it was really cool um because you know i don't i look i love my job like this job podcasting i love it so booking. much i love podcasting i love making content i love writing i love all of this stuff so much i wouldn't trade it ever but one thing that i absolutely hate about being a social media influencer doing this for a living kind of i've got another job but um, doing this for money is i hate waiting for emails oh my god oh my, and if anybody out there is listening and you are and you are in any kind of job where a lot of your job requires you waiting for people to email you back about stuff i mean i feel like many can relate oh i hate it so much i and i never i've never had a job like this like i've always been in like uh, restaurants or like warehouse work or whatever and I, 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 over the last couple of years, I've been doing this email dance. And as, as my pages have been getting more popular, more people have been emailing me. And obviously, I don't I, I really like it, actually, when people email me through, like, that are fans of the podcast and the page and stuff. That's one. I could get a thousand of those. I, I'm fine with it. What I don't like is when some company is like, 
let's let's collaborate and i'm like oh cool uh, i want to be paid for my time and they're just like we'll get back to you but how about a free t-shirt <laughs> but like we would, <laughs> well, what we'd really like you to do is do hours and hours of labor for us for nothing actually it would be super cool if you would be super cool and do literally labor for no money right like, <laughs> we just try to market then, this for free like that's what we so need the, to do so there's like that side of it <laughs> but i that's that's just like that comes with the territory because like lots of emails totally work out and lots of things do work out and it's fine but the thing that i like i said the thing that frustrates me the most is just waiting for someone to get back to me and like the and like yeah. the the kind of like well just circling back on this like and then someone says like oh like sorry i was out of office for a couple of, uh, then they hit me up but then i kind of mess up and like i'm not saying i'm perfect like i'll mess up and like not check my email for like a day and then i get back and they're just like just circling back on this and then i'm like <laughs> it's just people circling back on other people like constantly. oh man there's some business terms like man. circling back that yeah. I just really hate. <laughs> oh man. Just checking in on this. Just checking yeah, in. You know? Just checking in. And yeah. And man, I've I've sent so many just circling back emails that have never and, and you know, and it, I've I'm I'm cool with it. Like I said, this is literally like a dream job to be able to do this and make any kind of money at all. But man, I'm just not I don't have the experience. You know, I haven't been doing this kind of job for like a decade because I do have friends that work in like HR and friends that work in like, you know, and like you. I mean, Chad, you were a project manager for a while and I can't I, yeah. I can't even imagine how frustrating Dude, that must have been. Wildly, wildly frustrating. And, yeah. you know, when I <laughs> was it's on like, the, you're like, not sorry to interrupt, but it's like, it's like, it's no, like, you're, you're not doing your job if people aren't getting back to you. <laughs> oh man. You, dude, you'll actually literally get in trouble sometimes because people won't get back to you. And you're like, I can't call them more. Like there was a yeah. time um, after being a project manager that I was the business relationship specialist is what they call me. So I just managed all of our B2B relationships for the software company that I worked for. And man, it was just like, cause I'm, really trying to build the relationship between myself and another company. And sometimes yeah. it's not like super purposeful or it's like things I'm trying to get them to like give my customer service reps like a little presentation so we can interact with their company better and know who to like call and send like tickets over to and stuff. And it was just like wildly frustrating to be waiting on people and your boss, like boss, like yelling at you for something that you like cannot control. It's awful. Well, I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, like, but everybody's, well, the thing that I try to tell myself all the time is like, everybody's just, as as scrambled as i am you know what i mean it's just it's another human yeah. being on the side of like every interaction that i have so it's another person pretending to be an adult right and, and uh you know they don't have it figured out and i don't have it figured out you know it's a miracle when i get all of my emails answered you know so it's a it's just as much of a miracle for them like that's what it I feels great try to try to say but uh anyway uh so after my, my little rant there thank you everybody for listening to that <laughs> i rarely do that uh so so rare no but... <laughs> no you're like super super unfocused almost all the time sure anyway so i finished dragons of autumn twilight by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, the first book in the Dragonlance Chronicles, released in 1984. Uh, I will be doing a review. I was going to wait till I read all three of them, but I think I'm going to review the first book and the second book and the third book. And just if people want to hang out for those on my TikTok and Instagram page while I'm reviewing some 40-year-old books uh, one at a time, that's, you know, thank you for being along for that ride. But man, I loved Dragons of Autumn Twilight. It was great. Nothing like I, a fresh I, take on an old classic, man. I feel like more power to you doing the old stuff. Man, it was, good. oh, oh, damn. It was so good. It was so freaking good, man. Like, I, there was so much packed into that book. Like, so many things happened. It, it's just, it was like, a, it's, it's a D&D &D campaign. You know what I mean? It, it really it is. Do you remember what year? 1984. Sorry to interrupt you. 
1984. Okay. Uh, yeah, dude, those those 80s classics, they are like everyone's like a D&D campaign, just the classic nom nom goodness. So it's interesting because like I had read like Icewind Dale and I think the Dark Elf trilogy before I went and saw the D&D movie, like the new one with Chris Pine and stuff. And I remember thinking when I watched the D&D movie, I was like, man, this is all over the place. Like they're barely in one spot before they're in another spot. Like what the hell is going on? Like this is so chaotic. And then somebody, I can't remember if it was like you or like a review that I read and like the D&D community seemed like, I'm not speaking for the entire D&D community, but people seem to be pretty stoked about it because it really did reflect just how chaotic and ridiculous a D&D campaign was. <laughs> yeah, I think we were talking about that. Yeah. And this book was that. And it's, it's funny because like Kryn is not, uh, I think it is still uh, Dungeons and Dragons brand, but Kryn is like a totally different world than Faerun. But anyway, is that right? I'm right about that, right? Whatever. Uh, I don't know. I I know Faerun. I don't know the other uh, anyway, world. <clears throat> anyway, it was so chaotic, but it was, man, the characters, the fellowship, the companions, the the it. Wow, like re- seriously, like really, really good. Like Tannis and Flint and Sturm and Riverwind and Goldmoon. It's just like everybody that's like involved. Oh, Raceland, Raceland is so freaking awesome. He reminds me of like Doc Holliday and Tombstone. And if anybody's listening right now mm. and you just heard me make that connection, if you agree with me, please hit me up in the Discord so we can talk about how cool that comparison is because that's what... Does he have a bunch of amazing one-liners? Yeah, and he's like really kind of... He's like super competent and kind of mysterious and he's kind of like sickly like all the time. Mm. So it's it really reminded me of Doc Holliday. Captain Jack sparrow Um, Not quite. Weaving all the time. Spirit. I mean, he is, he's just kind of like... I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like, but Raceland is a lot more like grumpy too. But like all okay. the characters, like I, I just loved the ensemble cast. Um, one thing I I didn't love about it, and I might mention this in a review, but um, it's written in third person. Uh, I think it's omniscient, which means so like there's like third person limited, which like like with Harry Potter, like uh, you know we we can, we're in Harry's head, and if Harry's like scared, uh, it'll say Harry felt scared. But if Ron right. is scared, you can't say Ron felt scared. You know, you have to say Ron looked scared from Harry's perspective. That's third person limited. Oh, because it's only because it's not like first person, but it's like you're seeing through the filter and the eyes of like one person, right. but not. Yeah, that's well, interesting. And, okay. And another okay, good example is like so, um, like uh, George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire. That's still that's also third person limited, but it's limited to each character by each chapter, right? But it's still limited. But with stuff like this Dragonlance book that I read, um, I think Dune does it as well, but and there's a few other books that do it. But when you're kind of like jumping around without any page breaks or chapter breaks to different how different characters are feeling and stuff, like I'm pretty sure that's called third person omniscient. Uh, so it's oh, a little weird, you know? It's kind of weird when you're reading Tannis and it's like, this is how Tannis is seeing and everything. And then all I feel of like a sudden, lot of books do that. Um, I feel like not very many do that, actually. Really? Like, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm, I'm not I'm not noticing it or like knowing to notice it, though. So now I'm going to try to and I'll get back to you in a few months. See what yeah, I think. Mostly that. I feel like most of the books I read are from they're locked in to one character. And then if the if the chapter changes and it's another character, then it's locked into that character. But it's not going to jump around within that chapter, you know, uh, and it's not even necessary. It's not a mark against the book. It's just kind of it's kind of weird when you're like reading like a pretty exciting part and you're kind of like really invested in a kind of a sequence of events. Um, and like a thought process that a character is having and like how they're looking at this sequence. And then it like in the next paragraph, you're in a completely other character's head. 
Uh, huh. and so it's just I got sometimes I'm just like oh we're talking about that now like oh okay right it'd have to be done very like elegantly you know and you know what not to sing like all of Dragonlance's praises but it is like it is done <laughs> hell pretty, yeah man Dragonlance rocks like it, it's so funny I don't know what I was thinking because like it had been recommended to me so many times by so many people so many people were like couldn't believe that I hadn't read it which makes sense because like looking back now it must have seemed silly that I had not read Dragonlance because like it is it's it just feels like a classic like it just feels so good to read it and i think that maybe i had kind of lumped it in with like not that these are bad authors by any means i'm not saying that but it's just like like lumping in with like like the like the peers anthony's and the oh, like, okay and like the saber hagens and and i i don't for some reason it had kind of like went over there for me mm. you have to be in a specific mood for those sort of things. I think I just thought it was a different kind of book than it ended up being. It's like, it feels like Lord of the Rings, but, you know, just just kind of off kilter. Just like everything's just a little bit different. You know what I mean? Like the way that these characters totally. feel about each other is different. The way they feel about themselves is different. The mission is different. The world situation is a little different. But it is kind of like, you know, bad things are afoot. And this <laughs> this fellowship needs to band together and make certain decisions. But uh, in the second book, it's kind of split up. So, but it's interesting because the fellowship is split in two towers too. So, yeah, it's very very good. I'm gonna keep reading these. I, I think I'm gonna take a break, and I probably won't read uh, the the twins books or the um I think they're called legends. I'll probably wait a little bit because I want to read some other stuff. But yeah, it's for anybody that was curious. I'll be making some more Dragonlance content hopefully pretty soon. And um, if you haven't read it, I would recommend, I mean, it's eight bucks for the first book in the series. And it's, I mean, it's awesome. I had a great time. While you were just saying uh, that, I was looking up just books, covers by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. Yeah. And so I knew that I had read some of the Deathgate cycle, like one or two of them. And this wasn't super stoked on it, though. This was yeah. like 15 years ago. I just pulled up like the Dark Sword trilogy. Yep. And I've yep. definitely read these books, too. Yeah, I've heard of their like, uh, okay. the covers. I'm like, oh, wow, uh, I've, I've heard mixed things about Dark Sword. I feel like I have mixed memories, but they're very hazy. Like I said, I didn't yeah. even know that I had read them till just now looking at the covers. I was like, oh, I totally re read these when I was probably 14 or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, like they're not the, at least this book that I just read. I mean, I'm into the second one now. I mean, like they're not like super deep, you know what I mean? Like they're but that's fine. It's just not, you know. <laughs> you're not like plumbing like lots of philosophical depths here but no but you can with like the interrelate intercharacter relationship you know i think they probably yeah. get off to that stuff because oh it's a little bit deeper than i thought it was gonna be that's for sure <laughs> yeah. uh, but i finished salem's lot uh man whoo i forgot uh that was my reread and uh damn that book freaked me out like it was like yeah, i know the people listening are probably like yeah evan it's a horror novel about vampires but like man there was a there was a moment kind of a in the last like 100 pages or so or i was reading it like one in the morning and all the lights in my house were off and stuff and i was really super creeped out like it was gosh dude like if, if you're listening right now and you haven't read salem's lot and you like vampires you need to read salem's lot it's such <laughs> a fantastic book i don't have, I, i've talked about it a lot on the last episode and stuff and I'm, i might make a video on it but man it's just one thing I will say, I think I mentioned this in the Adam Caesar interview that I'll they'll have up in a couple of days here, but it, it was a little bit like, like it feels just like a little dusty, you know. It feels like King was still kind of getting his his pacing and his groove, and uh, so there's just like pockets of the book that are just kind of like, what the hell? Like, why is that? That was like a that was probably didn't need to be in there, and and it was like it's like not very much happens for like a while, and then 
a pretty decent amount of stuff happens and then there'll be like a pocket where like it kind of like really slows down again a lot and then a bunch of stuff happens at the very end you know what i mean but yeah it's really good huh yeah it's kind of like a, an event explosion at the end and you're like wow this would have been kind of like almost better digested if it was given to me slowly or do you know. prefer the um, i like the, the way that it i don't mind the explosion so. at, at the end it just felt a little like lopsided you know what i mean okay like the whole book just felt a little, a little lopsided. Totally. maybe yeah but i don't know yeah like the character's really cool i mean i love father callahan so much and then after reading the dark tower pretty recently that's like why i wanted to read salem's lot i wanted to like read some more of father callahan and stuff um but yeah i think um i don't know where salem's lot kind of like ranks for me on um if i had a list of my favorite stephen king books but i will say wherever it is it probably moved up a little bit like now that i'm older it's like a reread i think i appreciated a lot more about it and like a lot more different things that i hadn't really picked up on when i was younger would you say like it's important to his canon works his like overall absolutely a hundred percent it needs to be okay read. like yeah if you yeah you should if you're trying to read some stephen king and you're trying to get his good stuff like his bangers you got to read salem's lot for sure like it's yeah it's like salem's lot the shining misery the long walk i would say is like one of his bangers dark tower uh it the uh, the stand you know like the like the salem's lot fits very well into that big list but yeah so i finished that so yeah, i finished three books this week cool still reading dark age uh man yep. it's gonna take us a while it's for our listeners our dear listeners that are following us along on our red rising journey sorry it's been taking so long dark age is a meaty meaty book it is it's a double meat double meat sando you have for to, sure you have to really hang on to every word in that book like you you cannot I don't recommend there's, writing summaries for them either. There is no chill in that book at all. No like, chill. They, they, that book has zero chill. Uh, no, but I've, we did finish Ruin and we finished our episode on it and it'll be yes, coming out we this did. week. Yeah, Ruin's coming out soon. I did an interview with uh, Adam Caesar. I had him back on because uh, he did. Um, I also am listening to a, an audio book called Influencer about like a mysterious like social media influencer who... Um, is very very creepy and adams did a really good job of writing like a sort of like patrick bateman style like high school kid uh who is a really popular social media influencer who has been, been able to remain anonymous while he's doing a bunch of really heinous stuff uh, so it's a really cool idea for a book but i had adam on uh, earlier uh and that episode will be out soon so yeah we got some stuff coming out but the red rising uh dark age and then lightbringer yeah it's just bear with us these books take it's so funny because the first three were like, ba -da -ba 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 -ba, Dude, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, them. and then the, like an iron gold is like pretty boring. You know, I'm, I don't think yeah. it's bad, but it was just kind of like a little lackluster. I would say like just like some boring parts. lackluster is the exactly the right word. It's just it, it needs some fresh life and it misses, and then, it misses well, that fresh. Ugh. It gets it in Dark Age, but Dark yeah. Age is just very I, I feel like with Dark Age, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, it's like when i was reading it like the first like hundred or so pages i was like did pierce like forget that did he like think he wrote a book that he didn't show us or something because like the amount of terminology like it's just weird like it's it's just there's a lot of world building that you feel like you're kind of missing out on yeah like, like we yeah, never yeah spent, no i get you like it's like we never spent time on mercury now we're on mercury and you're just kind of expected to know like what everything is and where like it's just it just felt a little yeah, jarring i agree 100 percent. like you'd go to places and be like i don't like tell me about this place a little bit more yeah. be like but you kind of are left thinking that you should know yeah exactly so i got that feeling from dark age uh, I, I still i mean it's it's shaping up to be my favorite in the series so far like of these last three ones 
of all of them it's of all up. of them i mean dude it's really good like it's wow it's just dense it's dense and it's brutal and it's long like it's it's gonna take a little while to get yeah to yeah yeah it is i'm i'm a ways into it but i don't yeah i don't know how it's gonna be there's just dude those first three those are some yeah, damn they're, good they're books really <laughs> like good. i've heard that uh lightbringer is very similar in pace to golden sun so we'll see yeah. that's some that's some praise but and then that's final, what i want uh still reading wrath uh pretty stoked to finish up faithful in the fallen wrath is I mean, I don't have a whole bunch to say about it. Uh, I think we're going to have a pretty lively conversation about the end of this series. I think in in this last episode for sure. Like, Gwen, yeah, Gwen is. If it feels like this book has just with the pacing, like it's like you're in a car and you're like, this couldn't possibly get any faster. And then John Gwen's like, I have an entire other book for you, man. Like we're we're going faster. It's gonna get crazier. Uh, so yeah, I yeah, I think it's um it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I feel like I've liked each book in Faithful in the Fallen a little bit less than the one before it. <laughs> just be like a byproduct of you just like getting tired of the series, you know. Though Maybe. I mean, if that's what they make you do, then like that's not a you know. I guess it's a little problematic too. So I don't know if there would be any way to read them like each one being as fresh as the last one. If you think it's just kind of like downtrending in your mind anyway. Yeah, I mean, I've said it on multiple episodes. I think that this series just isn't, it's just not rubbing up against my taste. You know, I can totally, totally. 100% see why so many people love it so much. But yeah, for me, I'm just kind of sick of people getting their throats slit, you know, like just, this is kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, but it I is, you. I mean, it is shaping up into like what I imagine is going to be a pretty cool ending. So uh, at least I'll have that feeling of like completion and ending and, you know, I'll get I have it. no doubt we will feel completed and ended I'll, I'll i'll be able to give a more kind of like nuanced like well-rounded opinion i think once i'm finished with all four of the books you know like look i'll be able to like look back on it and like really make a make like op opine about it i should Ooh, say very well very well said <laughs> all right last one that i'm gonna talk about here i'm reading the secret history by donna tart finally it's like one of the most popular books in the bookosphere it was written in 1992 and it it is a it is a ridiculously popular book. Having read about fifty pages of it so far, I started it like a couple of days ago. It's it's brilliant. Like it, the writing, is, this is like the best writing I've read all year. Like this is so good. Like this woman, wow, is an incredible writer. Like it's it's so easy. Like it it's so like her her vocabulary, her flow. Like you would it 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 feels like it should be dense. But you have no issue moving through this at all. Like it's all it's like every paragraph is interesting, you know. Like it, yeah, she is. A, it, I'm really into is this. Is it like like Dan Brown style because there's like a lot of like dun dun duns, or is it like the writing is no, she's, or the story is hooking? What's the thing that's hooking you? I don't. I don't. I mean, so it's told in first person. I'm a sucker okay. for first person. Like you know me. Same. I love first person. Uh, so there's that there seems to be, I, so I haven't looked up any synopsis of it. I'm only like 50 pages in and, <laughs> and I don't, so I don't know what it's about. I went into it completely blind. Ooh, that's my favorite. I was even going to look up a synopsis so I could explain it. Cause I knew you were going to ask me what it's about, you know sure. what I mean? but just wait for me for next week. I'll give you a little bit more information on it. All okay. I can say right now is that I am so engaged. Like I, I, I am, I'm just sitting here like, yes, this is awesome. I really enjoy this. I don't know what's going to happen next. The narrator, the narrator's voice is so engaging and I, man, I need to read more of it. I need to like read more of it so I can form an opinion and not say a bunch of 
dumb stuff that I might contradict myself with like next week or something. But right. I will say if if the rest of this book is as good as what I've read so far, I very much understand why everybody likes it so much. Like I understand why okay. it's such a popular book because man, Donna Tartt can write like, wow. Like, I think she wrote her this when she was like 29 or 30. And she also wrote uh, the goldfinch, I believe is um another one of her really popular books but but yeah i want to i want to read it all like apparently the goldfinch is really good um she's just one of those writers man it is so cool finding a new writer that you're like oh my goodness like i felt that way when i found um neil gaiman like i read one of his books and i was like oh man he has so many other things that i'm so excited to read now for real yeah it's like something that like i feel like i've read so much at this point it's like i can just i can just like feel it when I, when an author is just like, they came to play, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like it, it's just, and, it's and like, woof, yes. obviously it's very subjective, of course. Like I'm sure somebody could read Donna Tartt and be like, this is garbage. Like, I don't like any of this, obviously. Sure. But for me, it's like, I'm so familiar with my own tastes at this point. I'm so familiar with like how I really like sentences to flow and how, and how I want this information presented to me that when it does do it like that, I'm just, I'm so pumped about it. And I'm just like, yes, yes, this is so cool. So that's everything I've been reading. Uh, lastly, uh, not lastly, second to lastly, I'm still watching One Piece and One Piece totally kicks ass. One Piece is really, really cool. Yeah, now you're watching, to be clear, the animated version, not the yes, live action yes, one. Not the live yeah. action one. Uh, the, the animated version, uh, I really, really like it. I've liked it from the very first episode. I am not going to talk about it on every single Monday episode, obviously, because I'm going to be watching this show with a very laid back approach for a long time. There are 11. I feel that way about Hugh fights with monsters. <laughs> well, there are 1,100 episodes of One Piece. <laughs> so, Dang, yeah, man, I, this isn't still like, hasn't found the treasure. Yeah, like this is. <laughs> I don't want him to, man. Let's do this for. I know, I know, uh, but it is right up my alley. Um, I, I really like the characters of the music is so good i have not once skipped the intro song i love it so much i love the intro song so much I is, to, is I, it a hip-hop no. like beat sort of no no is that what it is that's, that's what always gets me it was like an anime mixed with like hip-hop oh makes me makes me go crazy why dude it's like the best music to go with anime like you can see a fight scene it's like oh i thought you i thought you you were saying it made you like upset like mad oh and no i, like, I love it that? so much oh, okay yeah, yeah yeah it's like i think it's like the perfect mix like anime with hip-hop like there's a few animes that um the rizza from like wu-tang clan yeah um, um, afro samurai music for. yeah yeah, yeah. Afro so it's just so like good. oh it's the best but yeah uh, one piece um you know I, I don't even know what episode i'm on it's just kind of all a blur at this it point. doesn't matter but, man it's just <laughs> like i can see it becoming like a comfort show for me like, cause, it, oh, yeah. cause like it gets, I don't, I, and I don't know. I mean, uh, there's 1100 episodes. I have no idea what direction it's going to go or anything, but it's just, there's like a certain kind of like coziness to it. I'm not really sure like what it is. I think it's because Luffy, like the main character is just kind of like, so like blase about everything and it makes everything seem like it's not really like high stakes at all, but it is because, optimistic. Right. But like also Luffy this is more complicated than that, obviously. Like there's some stuff going sure. on with him. And but like, man, just like the music and the the lore and the story and, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm super enjoying myself. And and everybody like I'd been asked about One Piece so much, um, because I know a lot of other people are enjoying it so much. And man, like I, I just really appreciate that like so many people ask me about stuff, like and if I don't get back to you, 
like i don't i don't think you're ugly i don't think you're you know i, I don't hate you I, i'm just like i kind of overwhelmed with recommendations all the time but i do pay attention i try to pay attention and when something is like recommended to me like over and over and over again like like the secret history by donna tart or like one piece you know or like Dragonlance, yeah i'll listen now eventually it'll it'll click for me you know and um one piece is just one of those things where i kept people kept asking me about it it's like as soon as i started watching it i was like oh yeah oh yeah this this is awesome. <laughs> like, this is dude, really cool. Yeah. Like, no wonder everybody was bugging yeah, me. Yeah, dude, I need to watch the anime version of it. Because, like, I watched the live action one, and I was like... I heard it's pretty good. It's fine. Yeah. It's just a little, like... I, like I said, I can't decide whether or not I really like it or I really hate it. Half the time, I'm like, ugh. And the other half, I'm like, this is really great. So, I think I think a better format would be the anime version. So, I think I should give that a shot. I'm going to. I'll let you know what I think. And then lastly, uh, I'm playing a video game right now. Oh, I, well, I, I did two of them. So I bought Super Mario Wonder, uh, which is the new Super Mario game. And it's, it's like exactly as fun as I thought. I mean, I spent 60 bucks on it. I don't regret it at all. Like it's a it's a new Mario game. Like it's just awesome. It's yeah. really, really good. If anybody's on the fence about it, if you like Mario, just buy it. You know it's good. I know it's good. Everybody knows it's good. Um, there's it's really good. No, not really a whole lot to say about it. I mean, it looks amazing. It plays amazing. Uh, it's 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 endlessly interesting and cool every level is it's just buy it if you have 60 bucks just go buy the new Mario little game. mind twisters it's awesome and then i'm playing this other one right now called uh haiku the robot which is a metroidvania kind of like side scrolling so i think it's a hollow knight clone like it's a it's like supposed to be it's like they intended to make it similar to hollow knight which i'm all about because like hollow knight's like one of my favorite video games of all time it's so good yeah i'm liking it it's very difficult um, but I'm playing on my Switch. It was like 10 bucks. Um, I might throw a review of, of it up on TikTok, honestly. I was thinking about... I was actually going to like put this past you, Chad, and like, see what you think about it. Um, I mean, I'll probably do I it. Me. I'll probably do it regardless of what anybody thinks. But um, <laughs> I still wanted to get your opinion because like, uh, I'm thinking, I think I'm going to start doing video game reviews on my TikTok page. Why not? I would give a couple a chance, you know, like see how they yeah. do. Um, I think I might try it out and just because video game reviews, you can... Like use a lot of like footage from the internet of video games, like really kind of spice the video up and oh yeah, totally. Um, you know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I'm not like an expert on video games or anything. I'm not an expert on fantasy books or anything like that. But I do play a lot of video. You're games. You're definitely good at giving your opinion, though. So. I can give the shit out of my opinion. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have a I have a fairly thick skin to when people are mad at me, but um, yeah. So I think well, that's give good because going into the video game space, you're gonna need it. Well, I think what I want to do is like. If I was gonna do this, I would I would review like indie games, just kind of like stuff that maybe people haven't heard of. Like I think it'd be it'd be kind of a lot of games that I've never heard of. It'd be kind of silly of me to like review Super Mario Wonder like on my I don't know like it's I don't know. Like the, if you're like having fun, I think Mario. you should review what you like, right? And totally. people are gonna like like or not like what you like, totally. Because um, I think that's what they're in it for is like the stuff they're like oh evan's opinion is similar to mine he's got a good taste in this or that and i don't know if i would judge it on like how big the game is or how like indie just like yeah. whatever you're playing but i know you play a lot of indie games so that'll just happen naturally i bet yeah anybody listening right now uh yeah if you if you have an opinion on that that's cool uh let me know if you want to see some video game content i've already made some and it seemed to do pretty well but i mean like the the page that i run both on instagram and tiktok uh and this podcast to an extent i mean like you're part of it too obviously chad but like i mean i feel like the the stuff that really works and the stuff that I feel good about is the stuff that I'm passionate about. Totally. It's really fun to make videos about 
uh, fantasy books and sci-fi books and horror books and stuff because I love them so much. And I also really love video games. So it just kind of makes sense. It's like, it's the content I want to make. Dude, and they're not like on the opposite ends of the like oh. spectrum either. Like you're not like, oh, I'm going to talk about like devil food cake. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like not some super niche thing that has nothing in common. Like I bet you there's a lot of crossover between people who play video games and people oh, who read there fantasy is. books. Yeah, like there's a you. ton of it. Uh, like, yeah, my friend Easy Cat, uh, Jason, uh, he makes, I, I love Jason because he makes whatever the hell he wants. Like, Yeah, I think you should do the same. Yeah, I, I'm just going to do that. But anyway, that is it for me. That was uh, everything that I did this week. Well, not everything. I won't tell you guys everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hi, wait, hiding from us, Evan. Uh, but yeah, that, that, was, that was basically it. Let's let's hear about you, Chad. All right, dude. Well, I didn't uh, I didn't have maybe as much of a dynamic uh, book week as you. I've been trying to finish up some of these ginormous things. Mainly, I wanted to finish the he who fights with monsters that i've been reading oh which i God. did it got it got really bogged down and like just i don't want to like ruin the story or like talk about plot too much but like the place that the story went was like a place that i really i like that we left that behind at some point i didn't like going through it again so like it was hard it was kind of a slog for me to like get through the second half of the book so i was like okay we're like eh, i want to break i want to break free i want to go back to where we were and keep doing what we were doing because that was awesome. And I think we're going to do that. So uh, my hopes are high. My hopes are high. Okay. I did finish it. You still have quite a few books left. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got four of them. Okay. You know, so there's fine. a lot more story. Yeah. I mean, this this, the, this story has room for it to go up and down. I mean, not to like certain parts as much. And by, you know, no means like the writing bad or anything. It was just like, just like Mistborn. I love Mistborn. It was amazing. But by the third book, the world is so like covered in ash. It's like black and white that I was just like, I need more color. You know, I need more vibrance in my books. And so uh, this kind of got a little vatty, but I think we have returned and I'm going to like the next book. So my hopes are high. Hell yeah. That's cool. I like the optimism. Yeah. I love the optimism. Uh, yeah, dude. Always optimism. You gotta, gotta go with the optimism. I think we'll live longer because we're optimistic. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a good an thing. optimistic thing to say. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So dark age. Um, I am optimistic that it will return to Pierce Brown's good old, good old self. Like you said, I'm not, I don't think I'm as far into it as you are. Um, though I plan on finishing it in the next few days since I have he who fights with monsters out of the way. I haven't started the next one. And I'm going to give myself a little space to just really knock that one out. Uh, and then I really want to get through wrath as well. I just want to knock both of those books out this week and just be yep, done with Faithful sure. and the fallen yep. and red rising. I loved both of them. Mm, I really loved red rising. I liked a lot Faithful and the Fallen. It, there's been some ups and downs, and I think that the last book is going to be kind of more of the same, but hopefully in a really exciting and fun way. And there's definitely going to be a lot of action and a lot of battles, and that's what John Gwynn does best. So I think that I'll like the ending, but I will be stoked for when it is done, which I'm going to have happened this week. So I'm going to crush both. I'm excited to do it. Um, we still have one more book in Red Rising after Dark Age. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. So, well, so Lightbringer. <laughs> I'll be then, out of I'll be out of Faithful in the Fallen, but one more on Red Rising. I always forget that there's that sixth book. Yeah, Lightbringer is shorter than Dark Age, though. Is so, it? I think it is. Yeah, I think Dark Good. Age is like 700, and then Lightbringer is like 600 or something. Dude, I I just had them like kind of running in my mind as like both are the we'll finish one, finish the other. But you're totally right. I even ordered Lightbringer like the other day 
Oh, so cool. should be coming you in the mail sometime soon, yet. which okay. I'm stoked on, actually. Yeah, the hardcover. It's a nice book. Yeah, well, I have the hardcover of the first three, so I figured I might as well. And I got you the, have the first two. three in hardcover. No, no, no. I just oh. have them. In, I thought you meant like hard book as opposed oh, to like hard copy. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, hard copy. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I was thinking like Kindle, you know. <laughs> totally. No, no. Do you have them in hardcover? No, I don't. I wish I did. No, no. Uh, those that would are, be dope. They're really hard to find. Like I'm sure I could find them. I would buy them on Juniper Books for like three hundred fifty dollars or something. But, yeah, no, thank uh, you. That's why I got Light Lightbringer. I was like, I'm gonna get the hardback. Now yeah. it won't match though. This is so off topic, but like, and I'm not saying like I know the the publishing industry and like they're holding out on us or what. I'm not saying I just this is just one man's complaint. But man, I wish that they would just release stuff and freaking paperback. If the rest of the series isn't, if, if most people are buying the books in paperback, like releasing it in hardcover first is just brutal to me like when totally it forces you to buy one of the book you have the paperbacks of all the others it's really or you wait so it's like they had um like when when i was reading the poppy war trilogy it was like i had the first two and then the burning god was only in hardcover for like months you know what i mean it's just like well i don't want to buy that because it doesn't look the same and so i had to like buy it on kindle you know and it's just it's a mess dude i bet you that's because i bet you they they wouldn't be playing a losing game if they like if they're trying to get like double book sales, I bet you a lot of people wouldn't buy both the hard copy and the soft copy. But I bet you that's it with the Kindle. I bet you they're like when they do that with the Kindle <laughs> release, they sell a fair, ton yeah. of electronic copies <laughs> right, and yeah. then they sell uh, the that hardback seems, or the paperback when it comes out. <laughs> that seems like I a know, terrible I mean, thing to do. Know. Why yeah, else would yeah, they do? No, it's like no. it's literally harder to I make mean, the hard I'm copy. I wouldn't put it past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they probably make more money, though. It yeah. is a bit scandalous. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. There's probably some other reason but i mean i'm i'm not discounting sure, you can give them the benefit of the doubt me. though you will be you'll be from the inside pretty quick here in the publishing industry maybe you can make a maybe. change evan maybe you can make that be the change my friend to be the change i feel like if i did that i was like hey do you think we could stop doing that they'd be like well we could do it for your books yeah <laughs> you know what i mean well, you should you kind of yeah, have to now no, i want to yeah. i know Uh-oh. for real yeah <laughs> i know i've like made memes where i'm like these books are too expensive you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like oh that'd be funny if one of my books was like 35 dollars and everyone was like damn evan why is your book so expensive wow dude like where's that paperback <laughs> yeah oops where's that sorry. mass market my friend come on sorry sorry everybody sorry in advance uh and then you know i usually have some sort of like non-fictional book that i'm reading and i'll mention it like once because it takes me a long time to go so i don't want to just mention it every week but i finished up uh the last one and then uh, I started reading The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Oh, that's a really popular book. Yeah, it's like a New York Times bestseller. Oh, and yeah. it's like, it's one of those books where when you're reading it, you're like, oh, I super agree with this. Oh, this is good to know. Oh, wow, that could be really used terribly by the wrong person, you know? like. Hmm. And sometimes the way that it positions things are a little, like, I'm not, I'm not sure if the book's intentions is to like, are perhaps a bit Machiavellian, you know? Like sometimes <laughs> like, oh, wow, that was kind of like brutal like you're teaching me how to like like manipulate somebody like an unethical life pro tip you know it yeah yeah it really bumps up against the lines of morality sometimes you know Mm. where it's like make sure that you like use other people's reputations to destroy their your enemies by opening holes in them and like like, that's not a very good piece of advice really you know like how many enemies do you have like i have no enemies go get some enemies if you don't have any go get go make some enemies you'll be more successful yeah i mean you can't be successful without enemies field of battle Maybe maybe it's like he's speaking in more uh, general generalities generalizations uh, that can be like loosely applied to certain like business situations and stuff. Is that like kind of what the book is? Is that like what he's trying yeah, to do? These are very general life tips, and I mean they're more like 
you know, I watched a little interview from the guy because I got like a third of the way into the book and I was like, some of this stuff is pretty dark. And then I like watched some of the uh, some interviews with him and the guy is very much kind of covers his tuchas by saying things like this way you can be aware of what like other like malicious people but it's like might dude, do you didn't to you. write it like that like <laughs> no it's not at all i mean you wrote it like i should do these things <laughs> totally you know he i mean like he literally says like always be potential always be alert to potential attacks and thwart them before they happen to, to your reputation this is on the uh, a law called so much depends on your reputation guard it with your life and like a lot of it's really good it's like work to establish a reputation of outstanding quality and you're like that's really good and then it'll be like reputation is a cornerstone of power you can use it to intimidate and win and like, <laughs> learn to destroy your enemies by opening holes in their own whoa, reputation and stand whoa, aside whoa. and let pu- public opinion hang them like literally a quote it's like huh you know like i said it gets a little harsh sometimes and i'm like these i feel like we can maybe maybe come at this with a little bit more love and not so much manipulative treachery <laughs> you know yeah I mean, so man- manipulation will uh sell books i guess this is a how-to guide for sure so i don't know if i'm recommending it to everyone listening to this podcast or more just saying you know uh that's what there's a lot of in it i don't know if i'm going to finish it have i learned some things and think that it's good for a good person to read and be aware of yes do i think that it could do some harm in the hands of the wrong hands also yes so i'm not really sure what i feel about this sort of book but it is interesting i'll give it that you know it's i found that with like uh self-help books it's interesting that like there's a whole genre a, a book where it's like the book is written to appeal to as many people as possible sales wise right or else they wouldn't print it you know but also right everybody's situation is completely different you know so it's like yeah it's weird because like um like a good example is like i've i've dealt with pretty bad anxiety for a while now pretty debilitating at some points and i've read a few books on anxiety and some of them are really good and some of them are pretty lame for me but it's funny because like those same books that i thought were kind of crappy like that you know didn't help me would maybe help somebody in a different situation that's like similar you know but it's not so like for example like i've read uh you know self-help anxiety books that are just like yeah you know like when you're when there's like a big meeting and and you're nervous about what everyone's going to think about you like make, make sure to take deep breaths and it's like i'm not nervous i think i'm dying you know what i mean like i <laughs> like, deep breaths like i literally think, yeah it's like it's like my the my like my i'm getting tunnel vision uh every pore in my body is is pouring sweat out of it and i'm tingling everywhere and i think my my next breath is going to be my last I'm not nervous about a business meeting. Like I'm sitting in my house, unable, wrong like <laughs> unable to get out of bed. You know what I mean? Like, but that's just me personally. There are people that do have business meetings that need to learn how to uh, do like kind of like box breathing and stuff like that, obviously. And those books are really helpful for that. But then there's other books like um, like Dare by Barry McDonough is like an amazing anti-anxiety book. It's like probably one of the best ones I've ever read. Um, and he's just like, okay, so you feel like you're dying. Like, <laughs> so here's, here's what we're going to do. You know? What to do from uh, here. We're yeah, at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> so I think, you know, cause stuff like, um, like 48 laws of power, I've read some of that kind of stuff. Like, um, like it's like some of it, you kind of, you kind of like pick and choose what works for you. You know what I mean? So like, while there might be some kind of like weird Machiavellian stuff in some of those kinds of like hardcore, like kind of like almost like grindy kind of like. 
make yourself better, like work harder, you know, be more successful, like, like manifest more money and stuff like that. Like a lot of aspects of that are like, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. I mean, if you, like, if you eat healthier and you start going to work on time, like, yeah, that, that'll probably work out. Honestly, totally. like, I, I can think of very few situations where that would be bad, you know, so right, like, right. yeah, put it in the book, you know, but like, uh, but, but like using somebody like leveraging someone else's reputation to like get ahead. It's like, okay. Yeah, man. Um, what are we writing right have now? A section called how to find weaknesses. You know, it's like, how many, I just want to know, like, what is this guy's personal life? Like, like, like I don't have I don't anyone in my life right now that I would describe <laughs> as an enemy. Do you? I mean, I think it just depends on what. Like, Do you have any enemies? Uh, I mean, like, I think mm, cigarettes are an enemy. No, but like a I person, mean? you're not gonna uh, you're not gonna try to find cigarettes' weaknesses and take and exploit them. I mean, that's or kind of about what their I childhood and quit. take advantage of them. I mean, well, yeah, but you like it, the, I see what you're saying. I'm not, being an it's asshole. not a yeah. person. You know, <laughs> I'm like this not, is not even, talking am, about finding I'm objects. Not meeting you halfway here. Okay, so yeah, no, <laughs> uh, no, I, I wouldn't say like yeah. I don't. Think, I don't think enemies would be the right word. And yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, either which I think is just you know, and this guy very clearly does because a lot of his book is dedicated to protecting yourself from them and and ways to destroy them via their own weaknesses and make sure you're not caught doing it. And I wonder just like. How many enemies does this guy have? Like, what industry has he been in all of his life? You know, like yeah, spying. I, mean, I think I've never really been at like um like a really high level of any industry before or any profession before. Like, really, really, really high level where you're making like like hyper competition. Yeah, like where you're making just like tons and tons of money, and um, it could all go away at any second. You know, with like one decision and stuff. Like, I imagine it's like a very stressful position to be in. Yeah. Um, so okay. Like I, corporate sharking. Right. Yeah. So like. Uh, yeah. I totally. Mean, I feel like that job would give me a heart attack. Like, I think it gives people heart attacks, actually. Yeah, like, yeah, I think it sure. actually, like, yeah. Um, but I can see why, like, a book like that would be attractive to a lot of people. Yeah. Like, and I think that with, like, there's, like, a lot of YouTube channels and stuff. And, like, just a lot of, like, that kind of, where, where I would say, like, on its surface, um, so much of it is, like, very, it's very positive, right? It's just. Um, right, right. Improving yourself, getting, maintaining your own power, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's weird to see a lot of these people kind of like <laughs> who say in one hand, like really helpful, totally wise stuff, but like Mostly. you're saying, but then also <laughs> it's like, yeah, it gets dark. What fast. was that last thing you just said? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like you yeah, said, you know, there's some nuggets in there, just like reading Machiavelli. Nuggets, Machiavelli yeah. is so, it's so different because I know that it's like from a war general who's like writing a yeah. book to try to get a position to like lead so when he's talking about like make sure that you have the higher ground and take advantage of your enemy's weaknesses he's like literally talking about soldiering and like yes a lot of it can be applied to like relationships and just like you navigating your life not being a soldier but you know it's just more maybe maybe forgivable i don't like my my eyebrow is not as largely arched in his direction old machiavelli than i am at robert green who i'm like what sort of life have you lived where this stuff is necessary for you to do but you're like you said with the corporate that that world stuff which i'm certainly not a part of there there could be some useful information within there so i don't know it is what yeah. it is i'm enjoying reading it that's for sure it's interesting yeah i mean like I, like i think you put it best with like nuggets you know and i think the trick yeah, to reading yeah. i haven't read a ton of self-help books but the trick to it i think is like you sussing out like what nuggets are going to be applicable for you and like what things are resonating with you and what things you can kind of like not because it can't all 100 percent like apply yeah. to your life you know what i mean no there's no. no way 
Like it's not going to. And I think um, a lot of people read this maybe about or feel this way when they read self help books is like a lot of it is like pretty obvious you know like you're like well duh i mean but some people nice. some people don't yeah some people don't know though that's what i'm saying it's like even though it may be obvious like to think to figure out and like to say it's like we don't really say it to ourselves or have that thought yeah. consciously so yes while it's a duh it's also nice to read it with an air of like honestly being like yes but am i applying that in my life like am i cleaning my own room or whatever yeah. um and then kind of applying those lessons and, and being reminded of the obvious stuff because I don't know if you can get really good at the foundational stuff it kind of seems like the rest at least maybe won't automatically follow but will be easier to follow along I feel like but and this is coming from somebody that hasn't read a ton of self-help books but like I read a few like I listened to it like I used to work a job where like I was listening to audiobooks like 10 hours a day and I was listening to a lot of nonfiction stuff and you know not finishing a lot of it but just like you know dipping in and out of a lot of dipping stuff. your toes yeah yeah I would say like if anybody was curious about like what did I take away from like the summation of like all the health the self-help <laughs> books I've read it in my opinion the what most of them are trying to communicate is if you do what's easy your life is going to be difficult and if you do what's difficult your life is going to be easy like that seems to be the thing that like a lot of them try to communicate. Maybe not easy, but more fulfilled. It, it seems like a lot of them are saying you can't run away from discomfort. You're going to yes. have to be a little uncomfortable for a little while in whatever it is you're trying to do. And it's going to hurt a little bit, but you have to stick with it. And you like that's like you have to understand that like the cool things that you want, they come at a price. And that price right. is like a lot of like research and failure, difficulty and frustration and like discomfort. Um, that seems right. to be what a lot of the stuff that I had read. But it's worth it to stick to the end. Oh, hell yeah. Every pretty much totally. every time. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, and the process, you know, like, like, well, like what Brandon Sanderson said, you know, like journey before destination, like, absolutely. Like sometimes I've wondered, you know, like, was I so dead set on this thing that I wanted that I forgot to enjoy the process of getting it? Yeah. Enjoy the process. You know, it's, it's a little, it's a little yeah. uncomfortable, but also... The finishing you know? is so quick. If you don't enjoy yeah, the process, I feel like so you're going to miss life, you know? You're going to always be like, tomorrow, I'm going to live this. But like, nah, man, you only have today. And so, you know, you're like you'll hear me say a lot of times, best day ever. And what I mean specifically by have the best day ever is not like do the best thing ever and go skydiving. But like, even if you have to pay your taxes choose to be happy in this moment because truly it is in your choice to choose to be happy or to not be happy and how you react to the world and all the situations around you albeit some are definitely uh, yeah, harder than perception. others but like that was another big one yeah perception. yeah your perception yeah. and so just like choose to be happy even if you're taking out the trash and just make today the best day ever because truly you won't ever have another moment than right now and you know granted it's really hard to do that and some days you can't like obviously <laughs> I'm, i'll be the first to admit that i fail so so often at that my own Frequently. philosophy yeah. but it's good to have in mind you know yeah uh, that's cool i like talking about that kind of stuff with you chad because um like th i feel like those books like there's they're so cool like there's there's so much knowledge and so many things in there um but like i was saying before it's like you don't really know what you're getting into sometimes with those things sometimes you know? and there's no. so many of them there's so many self-help books it's like but there's a lot of really smart people, though. Yeah, definitely. And, but of, I will say, you know, some of them are a little catchy. Like, uh, like they're just yeah. like, you know, like yeah. the, they're just putting a bunch of like they're they're making fortune cookie statements into like full sentences and throwing like a bunch of them into a book. Dude, you know, that is such a good way of putting. And also, um, have you ever heard the the? I don't know if it's like a phrase or anything, but it's just like this this wisdom that's been imparted to me quite a few times. But like, if somebody knows the secret, they're not going to tell you right you know I mean? like like it, that's what i think every time i have one yeah. of those youtube 
Seriously. Guru, like commercials yeah. where they're yeah. like, dude, download this app and you're halfway to a passive six yeah. figure income. Like, why would they tell you about that? Yeah, why would they? Like, yeah. It seems like they're selling you a method that's like similar, but it's not the exact one that they were using. You know, they're, they're right. making money off of you failing at what they did. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, many of them are straight, just straight up scams. And then others, people don't really take into account that like, there's yes, you can be very successful by by arranging the proper set of variables and acting upon them. But like sometimes you can't. Like there is there is a level of like luck when it comes to like being <laughs> For successful. Sure. Yeah. Like and, and I'm not you saying you can't super in. maximize the likelihood that luck will happen to you. Kind of like who whoever says like the more I try, the luckier I seem to get. There's like a quote out there. Uh, I think it might be Einstein or something. You know, and I get that. But at the same time, like there's a real element of like some people are just in the right place at the right time. And when you try to teach that to others, like you cannot ex- expect those results. And some people to varying degrees, some gurus like know that when they're teaching that stuff, but they don't really tell you like, Oh, also I got super lucky. And was like, my uncle was like a guy and you know, <laughs> like, it brings two quotes to mind. One of them okay. is uh, captain John Luke Picard. Who said it is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. You know, yes. which is just oh, and then the the kind of more buttered up version of that, in my opinion, which is a lot funnier, is when uh, Dwight from the office is talking to Ryan, and he says, "Not everything's a lesson, Ryan. Sometimes you just fail." <laughs> 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 which, which man, like that? Oh, that hits so close to home. Because like, yeah, um, yeah, you know, like, not everything yeah. is like your big your big shot. You know, not everything's the big right. Lesson. Not everything is the destiny you was yeah, sh- yeah. yelling at you. Sometimes you, you just know? fail at stuff. <laughs> you just yeah. gotta pick up and move on. <laughs> it's like yeah, getting rejected yeah. by someone you're trying to ask out. You know, it's like there's not really much of a lesson there. You just they just didn't want to and it didn't work. So now Dude, you the, the lesson is some will, some won't. So what next? Yeah, yeah. Go get a piece of pizza and try again later. You know, like, yeah, dude. Different person. So, and, and you know, I think learning to be graceful in those moments of failure, regardless of the lesson to be learned, is like maybe the lesson to learn is just like yeah. to yeah. keep on going because you honestly, like, no one, very few people besides those gurus, six have success their first try at something. Like they yeah. fail their way to the top. So if you're doing something that you really like, you just feel like you keep on failing. You're probably only a few more failures away from succeeding. So just like keep on failing, my friends, because truly I think success is a byproduct of failure. Well, and I think also like, um, you know, with a lot of how we look at things um, narratively, with a lot of the stories we've been told and things like that, mm-hmm. um, we see a lot of the time, not every time, obviously, but I think with a lot of stories that we're really familiar with, there is kind of like a an almost like exponential success rate uh, where you're just kind of like seeing this nice, like kind of like gradual rise. Um, in in success um but also most of the time it's like all over the place and like a very gradual kind you can you if you could graph it out it would like kind of look like it's going up but mostly <laughs> like it looks like a complete like scatter plot of failures and successes and and middling kind of like dull drums of months and weeks of just not knowing anything and not nothing happening and you just kind of like hang out and going to work and riding the bus and stuff. your head up against the wall. Yeah, I, uh, I, I remember um, just a couple of nights ago, I was talking to Effie and I was really frustrated with just, <laughs> just everything. I said, I feel like they told me I need to ha- keep hacking at the tree, but this entire time I haven't had the ax head in the ax. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Whacking at it with the I stick. Just, and I, yeah, and that's what it feels like sometimes where it's just like, I'm doing everything else that they said I was supposed to do. Like, yep. But I bet you you're a lot, you're a lot closer to timber than you think you are. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And like I said, the, the fun is in the swinging, you know. Sometimes it can really sometimes. suck though. Sometimes oh I read this yeah. book similarly. It was called The Slight Edge. And let me assi- let me sum up 250 pages. Sure. <laughs> it was like if you and they like paint this analogy pretty quickly, and then that's like really all that you need to get from this book, which is if you were trying to like let's picture a millstone, like a big stone on a wheel that's like ten thousand pounds or something. If you could move it, like you could move it like barely any, and then you would like move it the next day or the next push would give it like barely any. It would take you forever to get that thing up going and like spinning this like huge thing you could probably do it it would just take like tons and tons and tons of tiny pushes done consistently and then one day you will arrive at a point where that thing is spinning so fast and so heavy that it would take like a lot to stop it and that's Hmm. like how you create success with it just like consistent smalls done over time and those have such a greater effect on the future than like high points of quick success, if that makes sense. You know, it's like, you just, like you said, that graph needs to be like a slow middling rise all the way up. And that's the way that you kind of create something that'll keep on rolling. Even when you stop pushing for a little bit, you know, (laughs) but but man, man, oh man, like it's sweaty work. If I had a dollar for every time I thought like, all right, like today's the day my life changes because I did <laughs> everything I was supposed to do, you know, and this drop um, shipping store is going to kill it. <laughs> yeah, fanny packs making my future. All we got to do is put out this album. And then all of a sudden, like all we, do, we got to do is play this show. Dude, all this I got to do is make this video, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. boom, boom, boom. We're in, we're in, we're in action here, you know, like steady uh, on my friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, you're so inspiring, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know if I'm inspiring. I think you are. Thank you. Thank you. I I, well, I appreciate that a lot, but I just, uh, I like to keep it happy, you know? Oh, yeah. Though my grindstone may not be spinning as fast as I want it to be, but we're pushing over here. <laughs> we're trying. Uh, okay. So enough of that. Uh, another thing that I did this week that I want to talk about just a little bit because I enjoyed it quite a bit was I watched a Netflix anime called Animusha, which is like samurai goodness. Man, it's like zombies take you've been over. Watching so much Netflix anime. That's so cool. Yeah, I've just been. I mean, I I have a subscription, or my roommate has a subscription to Netflix, so it's like easily accessible for me. And I really like their style of animation. It's just like really well done. They have like half computer graphics, half like old school drawn anime, and I just find it to be mm-hmm. very well done and getting better. And uh, and Netflix seems to like just throwing chunks of money at these like little side anime projects. And it's oh, really good. And this one's like not the best one that I've ever watched. Like it's no one punch man, but it's also like yeah. not bad at all. It's pretty good. It's just very samurai and attacking zombies and oh, it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's what a great mix. How could it go wrong? It, it's a very, very good mix. I've been enjoying it. Uh, and that's all for me this week. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I forgot I had one more thing to talk about. And it's it's funny because we were just talking about nonfiction and stuff, but I, I'm I'm re-listening right now to uh, Haruki Murakami's book, What I Talk About When I Talk About Running, um, which is, it's like a pretty short book. I got it, I found it on Libby. Uh, I've already listened to it once, but it's like three what hours. What are you hours. talking about when you talk about running? Well, it's, uh, you know who Haruki Murakami is? I don't. Uh, he's a um, magical realism author from Japan. Very, very popular author. Uh, he wrote like um, The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle and After Dark and just some oh, okay. really excellent books. I don't love his stuff. Like, I don't think it's like that amazing, but I really, I mean, After Dark is like really, really good. Uh, but Wind-Up Bird Chronicle is just kind of like a, 
a trippy mess in my opinion but i mean it means something to somebody but anyway uh he has written a lot of books i think he's in his late 60s at this now maybe even a little bit older but he's been running every day or he tries to run every day uh since like the early 80s and i think he's been in like runner's world a bunch and stuff but his whole thing is that you know writing is like a it, it takes a lot out of you you have to be in good shape mentally for it and so the way that he does it is that he runs a lot like he runs marathons and it's just like really cool it's like a memoir of his um i mean i, I think he is an extremely gifted writer like just kind of like hearing him talk about like his process behind writing and how it all pertains to like you know him going outside and kind of clearing his head for like hours at a time like multiple days a week and stuff it's just a really really good book He's got like a really laid back approach to running too. He's like, I'm not trying to be fast. I'm not trying to do any of that. I just no. like being out there. You know, he's just like, just stay running. It's like my only yeah, goal. Yeah, exactly. That's like his, his thing and, and stay writing too and stay reading. And totally um, like he, he's just like a pretty inspiring person to listen to talk about that kind of stuff. Cause he has, he has like a very, his attitude toward it is so like, he's just like, this is what I have to do. Like, so hopefully you understand why, but like, it doesn't work for Dude, me unless I do it like it this. It makes sense know? to me. Like art is an expression of like but writing, obviously, especially a story or something creative like that, like a fictional tale, even nonfiction, but specifically like a fantasy novel. Like it's an act of self-expression and your art is going to be like the story that comes from you is going to be kind of filtered through you. And if the yeah. you filter is not like in good shape or like, like mentally operating. kind of distraught. Yeah. yeah it's going to come through in the writing and, and influence it a little bit. So you got to, I, I totally feel what he's saying when you got to like, you know, kind of like when I want, need to do things like work related things, I need to have a clean office. If it's cluttered, my mind is cluttered and I just can't like focus, you know? Yeah. So I feel you. That's good advice. Yeah. My, my office is really clean all the time. Actually, now that I think about it, I bite, this area of my house is never really that messy like at all. Hi, right. Like, everything has I've a got, spot. Yeah. I mean, I've got like some, co- uh, I don't drink coffee anymore. I've got some like teacups and stuff. Um, around but uh, that was a pretty long episode i think this is going to do it for us today everybody i will think a few countries oh yeah do that well let's wrap it up with that okay so uh we've got new zealand coming in with a huge audience for us that's like one of the they're in the top five i think if not they're in the top like seven for sure of the largest countries that listen to us we're hitting 26th in new zealand this wow. week Ba-ba-boom. boom killing it um portugal we're 35th which is also hey. really really awesome hey portugal norway uh Norway has been steady for us for a minute now. Oh, yeah. just, we love you so much, so much, Norway. You and your fjords. They have a lot of those in Norway, right? Yeah, fjords. <laughs> yeah, fjords. Great word. We love you and your fjords. And the fact that you listen to Reviews Kill because we're 46th Ooh. in Norway. So thank you. Uh, and then we've got Sweden at 54, Netherlands at 68, and Philippines at 91. Hey, Boom. Well, fast, wow, we're in fast top 100 in so many countries. That's so cool. There was a few others, but I didn't want to take too much time on this section, so I didn't list them. Seriously, everybody around the world, everybody, thank you so much for listening to us. I mean, like, we're, we're coming up on two years on this podcast. I think we've gotten a lot better at it in a lot of ways. I hope so. There's still a lot of ways for us to improve. I think one of them is probably just like for a little bit there, there was a dip in consistency because like Chad and I had a bunch of personal stuff going on in each other in it both at the same time. We just had a bunch of stuff going on. It just happened. But yeah, I think one of the ways we'll be trying to improve next year and Chad and I have kind of talked about this before we started recording, actually, but uh, there's a couple of different things. Uh, one of them is obviously posting as much to the Patreon as possible. Patreon is 
super super important to us like supporting the uh, patreon we just have a very good like transparent relationship with all like hundreds we have hundreds of people in the patreon and uh so you're our top priority um another big priority of ours is making sure like we are very consistent with the monday episode but still staying consistent with the books that we're reading staying consistent with just like other kind of like fun stuff like uh, obviously getting more authors in for interviews we've had some repeat authors on here for interviews which has been really nice but i want to get more people in me too if anybody's wondering like why we haven't had more authors on just to be super transparent chad and i do email uh, quite a few but a lot of people just don't get back to us um i know how yeah. it is i was kind of talking about it at the top of the episode actually just how much of a mess just emailing people back can be and waiting for emails and um so we've even had correspondence with authors but it just kind of fell through and didn't really work out the way we wanted it to uh either totally. on like lots of authors the- are busy you know they're like on the super road or something busy. doing like a super, signing super tour busy. and they just don't have time for us you know right so yeah just like in full transparency we're trying to get more authors on uh trying to the next year very much like stick as much as we can to our release schedule for going through books and um and we're going to read less simultaneously right so that was kind of the other big one is that chad and i bit off a lot this year and i think we did okay i think we did four fine we had good moments in our bad yeah i think we did we tackled a lot of stuff this year i think next year obviously we're going to be doing milazin and throne of glass for a while it's probably gonna take us like honestly to be super honest it's gonna take us like five or six months to do to milazin we'll probably finish throne of glass a little bit before that yeah i'm hoping we can do throne of grass in like three or four maybe so we can yeah. at least get a few other things in there uh, you know so like our plan right now is to start milazin book of the fallen in january and if you haven't read milazin let me just say, these are amazing books. Yeah, they're like, some of the like, best books in the world. Like they're they're some they're of really the best really books good. in the world, and they're like cornerstone fantasy books. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you want to join us for the journey, I recommend that you do so because it's going to be fun and really interesting. And let me tell you, as someone who's read half of this series already, if you ever plan on reading Malazan, read them with us because yeah, read them with us. You it yeah. will be better with It'll other be people together yeah because these books are a lot and just having a community to talk about while you're reading them will increase the value that you get from them at least that's my strong opinion uh, and then also we're doing throne of glass in january as well we're going to try to time all this correctly it. it's going to be december we're going to have to read a lot put a lot of episodes out and stuff because we're still we're still doing other series we're doing skull Dude, like hot chocolate like winter hours oh, yeah. and snow and books mm. yeah so that being said next year uh, i think chad and i are going to just do one series at a time like we did simultaneous ones this year it was okay but i want to do it differently now we have to clean it up a little bit i think we're getting we're, we're putting too much on ourselves this year you know reading the expanse at the same time as we're, we were reading inheritance and reading um, yeah like covenant uh, no excuse me faithful in the fallen and red rising at the same time trying to do patreon book club stuff and we're doing too much i think most of our fan base knows we're doing too much and they've been very gracious probably, and probably so yeah they've been very patient with us but we're going to try to clean it up next year and be a little bit more streamlined so that you get more consistent content i think we did a pretty good job at reading layering the books and not having that ex- like uh affect our experience of the other books i think there were some times that we've like got tired of a book series faster than we would have if we we're just reading it because yeah, we were reading absolutely like overloaded with too many things yeah. and we certainly don't want to have our style of a, an approach of reading and reviewing books affecting the actual review of no, the books I, you I know think you're you want to be like honest, as honest as possible you're so on it though because like i think i would have liked faithful in the fallen more if we read it faster like i really Same. think i would have liked it more like i think it's become so laborious at this point that i'm i'm kind of like i'm pushing some of that onto the books and i don't think i 
need to be. I think it's mostly us. Like we took too long to read them. And I think that might have happened with pretty much any series. Like if we took a year to read the Dark Tower, I'd just be sick of it by now. Absolutely. That being said, we want to avoid that. (laughs) Just just thank you everybody for your patience. I mean, like Chad and I, uh, we both have personal lives and we both have uh, other stuff going on, different goals and stuff. But this podcast is a huge part of mine and Chad's life. It's a huge part of mine and Chad's friendship and everything. Oh yeah. If anything, it's just made our friendship way better. Dude, it's so much fun. Like not even one, like I'm not sick of you yet. So no, no, um, we do have more work to do and um, we appreciate you guys kind of like getting in on the ground floor with this podcast and just being patient while we kind of like work out some kinks and this isn't a professional production. I mean, I wish it was like, I wish we were on some kind of podcast network and they were just like, oh, we'll just give you tons of money. You get like brand new Shure microphones and you, you know, obviously you should like record in the same room. So we'll make sure you guys have that figured out and whatever. Like, no, that's not our situation right now, but I like it. I mean, I kind of like that. We it's just the two of us doing this. I got yeah, me too. Okay, so here let's end with this here because I uh, so I released a little thing on I think it's just on Spotify. There's like an option to have like a a questionnaire go out every after every episode, and Spotify will just do it randomly that says like, "Did you like this episode?" And I like noticed that it was doing that. I don't know a couple months ago, and so I changed it to like, "What would you? What do you like? And what do you think we could do better?" I think what is what it was, and I say like, "Be nice, we're fragile." And you know, there's a lot of people most like 90% of them are people just being encouraging and sweet. And I want to read this one from Tyler because it was awesome. It says, you guys are doing great. Don't stress too hard on giving us constant, amazing content. I and many others like hearing you two enjoying yourselves and just chatting. Try not to burn yourself out. Oh, geez. (laughs) Like literally really needed to hear that. So I think that's like a pretty much exactly what you're trying to say. And uh, Tyler out there has got our back. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah, that's basically what 2024 is going to look like for Book Reviews Kill. Like, hell yeah, I am so freaking pumped to do Malazan. I'm so pumped to do Throne of Glass. After Malazan and Throne of Glass, though, we are reeling it back. We are going to reel it back. We're going to do one series. We're going to read all the books and we're going to be done and then move on to another series. Dude, how nice would it be? You get through a trilogy in three weeks. Huh. Um, it'd be huh. amazing. That's, a, that's the idea. You know what I mean? It's yeah. funny, too, because I feel like if we had done that this year, we would have moved through more books. <laughs> we would have. We would have. Yeah. We we yeah. You do too many littles and it ends up affecting the whole, but you think you're going faster, you know? I think we're going but faster. But you can't read two books at once. Like, you're, there's literally yeah like only one book that you can read at a I time think next year, we should do Gormengast by Mervyn Peake. Mm. Mm. I would be so down. Gormengast right after Malazan. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Something to talk about. <laughs> Good things in the future of book reviews, Kill. Let's get out of here. I love you, everybody. I love you, Chad. I uh, hope you all have an awesome rest love of you, your buddy. day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.